Oh, hello. I am Matt Williamson. Recording this on Sunday afternoon. We had a game last night. I hosted the post-game show. Steelers ended up winning. Much to dissect. These next two podcasts are going to be overview quarterbacks, offense, and tomorrow's will be defense, special teams, whatever else. But we're going to just break down this game over the course of two podcasts. Um, I couldn't agree with Coach Tomlin anymore that the Steelers won. It's great to learn with victories as opposed to losses. The, 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 the job here is to win football games. And situationally, the Steelers were good, and there were some fruits to practicing as much red zone and two-minute and things like that and special teams that they do. That paid off in a lot of environments, but the overlying theme to this game, you know, uh, you know, individual performances aside, is I thought Jacksonville controlled the flow of the game. They controlled the game much as Coach Tomlin said. Much of it was with their defensive front, which we'll get this out of the way. I always like to talk about the opponent. I am very impressed with their front seven. It is huge. It is talented. It is young. There are a lot of resources in the Jags front seven massively improved from a year ago, including the first overall pick Walker. That being said, I mean, it was way too dominant a performance by that group. I also thought this game was another step in my thinking that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a superstar. And he started just a little off, um, but all in all, really dissected this. His head is underrated. He is a very quick processor, very smart, very quick to find weaknesses in defense, threw the ball really well, got better as the game went on. So get that out of the way. Um, For the most part, I thought the Steelers were the inferior team. But, you know, let's dig into the quarterbacks. That's what everyone wants to hear. I thought Trubisky did well. Um, Again, between Trubisky, let's get this other way too. The Steelers ran 22 first half plays. 22. I mean, usually between 60 and 70 are over the course of a game. So Trubisky and Pickett split 22 plays. I think Pickett played nine of them. You know, so small body of work. Um, And I want to throw this out there too before we get too far into this. So at the half, I tweeted this out. The Jags were at at, at halftime. The Jags averaged 4.8 yards per play. Pretty good. You know, right around five is where you want to be. Steelers averaged 6.2 yards per play. But the Jags ran 39 plays. The Steelers ran 22 in the first half. And of a possible 30 minutes of time of possession, Jacksonville held the football for 19 minutes and five seconds. Again, that's only 22 plays for the Steelers. But when they had the ball, they were better per play. So I think that's noteworthy and kind of sums up the game in a, in a minor way. Um, again, Trubisky, I thought was quite good. Had zero benefit of a run game, had zero benefit of anything resembling pass protection. And I'm not picking on Ben. I say that all the time. Um, he would have been sacked six times in those 22 plays in the first half, you know? So Trubisky did fantastic things. Second reaction, with his legs, um, shrugged off tacklers, you know, extended plays, made some runs, made some throws, but got no help at all from the at all from the O line. Pickett 
to no fault of his own. I'm not going to blame him for the game management stuff. Came in and was kind of a messy series and sloppy. And the game overall, I thought, was pretty sloppy and not real impressive overall. Top to finish the entire game. I'm not talking about Pickett. But then he was phenomenal. And I think you, you're crazy if you dismiss the big game when the lights are on aspect of Pickett. So it, 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 he's played 40 snaps in two games, I think nine of them yesterday. But he's 17 of 22 for 171 yards and three touchdowns and a QBR of 138.6. He looks much better in practice every time I see him, and he looks way better in games than in practice. He is very precise. Um, I, I don't know what there is not to like about what he's done on the field in games when things matter most. And I also want to take time out to give Matt Canada another pat on the back, too. This is a second game in a row that the plays he called and the way that he orchestrated the game greatly favored all three quarterbacks and played to their strengths. You know, when all three quarterbacks, two games in a row, get check marks in the good column, I think you got to give the coaching staff some credit for that as well. Not downplaying Pickett at all, but played nine snaps, most of which were phenomenal. He has me very excited, but cautiously optimistic. I want to see more. Um, as for Rudolph, did good things again. Uh, I mean, again, I think he is a solid number two NFL quarterback that by no means am I giving away or got to get this guy out of here. I don't understand that that tone from Steeler fans at all. Uh, if you give me a mid-round pick, I'm thinking about it, but I do think I've opened the eyes or opened the door of who's truly the number two. I was shocked when Pickett didn't start the second half, and I know Tomlin came out and said afterwards that was never the plan. Eh, I half believe that. I kind of think Pickett lit the world up, and Tomlin said, shut him down, I've seen enough. I also think Pickett probably starts game three and maybe even plays the whole thing. But Rudolph did well. Um, again, I'm quoting Tomlin a lot here because I like this press conference in that, you know, Trubisky or Rudolph, I'm sorry, looked like a varsity player playing with JV guys, which is exactly what you expect at this stage of a game for the guy that was drafted in 2018. I wouldn't quite go Leftwich Gradkowski batch level, you know, of veteran and all that, but that's the path Rudolph's on, which is a great path. That's fine. You know, I mean, that's not a knock on the guy at all. So once again, second game in the row, quarterbacks collectively and individually all get high marks from me. Uh, we'll get back with some other stuff here after this quick break. start. Uh, I guess he deserves that. He made another play on special teams. He's going to make the team. Uh, he got in the end zone. Collectively, the running game was horrendous. And part of it was because they didn't have the chance to stick with it. But they ran for 24 yards on 14 carries. And 21 of those 24 yards were on 
a, a end around by Sims and a scramble by Trubisky. So I'm not looking at the box score, but give or take the running backs generated like a handful of yards. That's horrific. I mean, it's just terrible. The blocking was bad. I blame the blocking much more than I do the individual ball carriers. I think Warren is the better player than Snell and showed it again just on limited carries, explosiveness, difficulty to get on the ground, ability to cut. Warren, to me, is the better ball carrier, and he's also progressing as a special teamer and is a good receiver. I know some people are kind of like giving McFarland bad marks here. I don't think that's the case at all. I think McFarland very much is in their plans for the regular season, and they don't want the world to see the curveball he presents, the pre-snap stuff that Canada's going to do with him. And the way this game went, there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for McFarland because it was so ugly on the ground. Um, I don't at all decrease McFarland's stock. I really don't you know, ding any of these running backs' stock, to be honest. Um, a couple notes from the skill guys. Fryermuth, Claypool, Deontay, to me, all look like very good NFL starters, regular season starters. Claypool out of the slot is going to prevent problems, uh, particularly as a deep threat out of the slot, something that you know they just haven't had. Fryermuth in the middle of the field is going to present problems. Johnson's an A-plus route runner. Wasn't Pickens' day, so what? You know, I mean, um, Vaughn's and Sneed, great. You know, practice squad, making a strong case for that. Um, late in game production, I'm not going to boost them up or say that they should beat out Miles Boykin for the last spot, anything like that. Uh, Boykin to me probably would be my pick for the sixth receiver keep the kept on the team, but we gotta get this O line. I mean, it's miserable. It's really miserable. Joe Haig didn't play. Um, I wonder if that's just on purpose because he's played well and he is probably the lineman on the team you know the most about and are most confident with your evaluation. Not not saying he's the best, but whatever number out of 100 you'd put on him, you probably wouldn't change it before or after this game. So him not playing doesn't matter. Where all these other guys, their grade out of 100 is all over the place and decreasing rapidly. Um, I guess that's not true for Hassenhauer and LeGlue, but they're clearly backups. I don't know who wants the left guard spot between Dotson and Green. They're very different. Neither to me seems like the answer thus far. I still think Mason Cole is just a placeholder, but I didn't think he was horrendous in this game. Daniels boggles my mind. I mean, he seems very lost. His technique is rough. He doesn't seem to be getting better. Dan Moore was flat out terrible in this game. Um, as bad as I've seen him, and again, that, that Jags front is excellent, and just don't sleep on them throughout the year, but they're not going to be the best front seven in the league. I mean, just because that was a ones versus one situation doesn't excuse it. I mean, it was a stiffer test than Seattle was the week before. Uh, Chooks wasn't great either, and I I hesitate to go down this road, but I believe... Offensive line assistant coach is the most important assistant coach in the building. And since Munchak has left, it just has not been the same. And I'm not calling out Coach Meyer in particular, but I don't know how you commend Canada for making the quarterbacks comfortable 
and not kill the O-line coach for watching this and seeing time and time again, no one getting better, no one looking comfortable, no continuity growing, you know, no layups. I mean, nothing easy, you know, getting flat out beat time and time again, even with scheme helping you and mobile quarterbacks helping you. It doesn't mean it's over for this line, but I do think if this team is a five or six win team, the offseason's all going to be about, well, if you find two or three new starters on the O-line, you might be right back in contention. I mean, it might be that simple where we even, at the end of the season, can't properly evaluate Trubisky, let alone Pickett, if this line is not even close to competitive. And this sounds very doom and gloomish, but because I do kind of have said all along that the the middle of the season will be better than the beginning of the season. The beginning of the season should be better than the preseason. End of the season should be better than the middle of the season. But the level of competition is only going up and nothing's getting better. And I don't have any room to be overly optimistic about any of those things based on what I've seen in ta- on tape and as well as, you know, as well as, you know, in practice as well. So um, I have a tough time with that. I mean, and I don't know where the quick answer is. There's not going to be guys to pick up off the street that are dramatically different. Man, I'd love to see Munchak back here at some point because I think it would look a lot different with him behind in charge of this group. But every one of these guys deserves their own part of blame. I'm just lumping the coach in with them as well. But as much positive as negative from this offense, in my opinion, the, the quarterbacks, the skill guys, the running backs, I mean, I think that they've all been quite good. And what if they had average line play, which I think that's the goal. If you can get close to, I mean, if you can get below average line play, not terrible line play, that's, I think, the goal at this point for the season, which isn't the highest of hopes. But big picture, it could be the offseason of offensive line changes, and we'll go from there. But um, that's one side of the ball and kind of an overview of last night's game. I'm going to record another one here back-to-back that you'll get tomorrow that's more defensive-oriented with a special team sprinkled in. So that is a wrap. <laughs>